Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Alongside the legend Brandon Lang, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Another edition of The Sharp Edge brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. This is the most entertaining sports betting podcast you're going to find out there. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Did you cash tickets with us last weekend? Because it was a pretty good one for us. And Brandon, that's where I'll start. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good from last week our play of the week your play of the week in college football smu plus the eight points we gave it out on we gave it out for free on the podcast brandon we put it out on twitter as well and what happens the mustangs win outright that was the good the bad the cleveland browns just stink because their head coach freddie kitchens decides to run a draw play on fourth and nine like a moron Beyond that, that's the ugly thing. By the way, um, gave it SMU for free on radio. Uh, Wisconsin Hunter Dimer uh, in college football on Saturday uh, blew out Michigan. Um, currently on a five and one run in college football. Uh, just just dialed in and uh, have Navy tonight uh, as we tape this podcast. And I don't want to know what the score is. You, you and I both. You, are, you, you and I both are on Navy plus the eleven. So we're we're, we're I on, came the on the I came on the podcast last week. Had to, had uh, Houston over Tulane. I'm sorry, Tulane over Houston, and got the touchdown pass with four seconds to go to cover. Um, <laughs> and throughout and throughout the podcast last week, I uh, ranted about how it was a loser. So I'm going to do the same thing here. Navy oh, missed extra stop. point. <laughs> Navy Navy misses a field goal. Um, they're up at the half, having given up a kickoff return and a touchdown. Uh, first play from scrimmage from Memphis, 75-yard touchdown run. Um, why Navy just doesn't kick it out of bounds and give Memphis the ball to 35 is beyond me. It's a loser. Memphis win the game by 14. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to text you. On. And I'm going to text you again late night with another winner. So you know that, that's what happened last week. I you know. But, you said you're... <laughs> but I couldn't follow up the Hunter Dimer on Wisconsin because I really felt there was great value on Cleveland plus four and a half, and it it, it just goes to show you that. I've been doing this business for 30 years. I've been doing radio nonstop for the last, you know, 15 since the movie came out in 04. And I say repeatedly to people, there's three things you can't handicap. You can't handicap penalties, turnovers, and coaching stupidity. People understand the penalties. People understand the turnovers. They just don't know what coaching stupidity is. So in perfect harmony, I will take you through what coaching stupidity is because the rant that I'm about to go on isn't because I had Cleveland and I lost with Cleveland as my best bet last Sunday. That has no, no, no. If I'm going to lose a game, let me lose the game the right way. So case in point, Freddie, first of all, someone should call 911 right now in Cleveland and have Freddie Kitchen arrested for stealing money from the Cleveland Browns as their head coach because he's so fucking 
clueless. That's one. Second of all, someone needs to call every drug rehab center in the greater Cleveland area and admit the owners of Cleveland for drug abuse, whatever they're snorting, shooting, whatever, to, to make them think that Freddie Kitchens was their answer in that franchise going forward. And then whatever they're smoking or shooting, sell that to the public because it's a number one seller. First of all, second and nine, Rams 40, penalty, legal motion, offset by the pass interference penalty. He doesn't throw the challenge flag to keep it second and nine. Now it's third and nine. Now it's fourth and nine. Those two extra downs. Now, the draw play, first time on fourth and eight or more draw plays ever been run by any NFL team in history. That, that's what Freddie Kitchens did um, by doing that. Secondly, you are down three. You can punt them back six minutes to go and play defense and then get the ball back and decide what you're going to do. You, you, based on what your defense has been doing, you can't give them the short field. That, that was mistake number one. Number two, you have 22 coaches on the coaching staff in the coach's ear. No one could tell him to challenge that second and nine. Last mm-hmm. All that being said, now you're down at the goal line, first and goal at the eight. When people understand that all some of these head coaches are, are glorified eighth grade gym teachers that went to work for a buddy fetching coffee, and 25 years later they just took each step up to where they're just in a position to be handed a head coaching job. First and goal at the eight, 33 seconds to go, two timeouts. You have to run the football on first down. Why? Because it puts the play action in the minds of the defense and the defensive coordinator. Therefore, they can't go zero across the board and bring an all-out blitz. Secondly, you have to keep a back in the backfield after you've run it on first down because now they have to respect the run. For you to go five wide with your quarterback, who you couldn't protect in the pocket all night, what made you think you were going to be able to protect him in a zero all-out blitz situation? What that fat motherfucker did the entire game, Freddie Kitchens, was expose his quarterback and his offensive line that was getting abused. And once again, it just goes to show you, Bill Belichick isn't the greatest coach in NFL history. He's not. He's a really good football coach that's coaching against a bunch of buffoons. And the other coaches in the NFL make him look so good because they are just so bad. Look at the coaches in the NFL. Look at the head coaches in the NFL. Look at these bozos that are running these teams. There aren't very many good ones. They're like recycled plastic water bottles. They just keep showing up, showing up, showing up. And it's the same guys recycling someplace else. So you know what? I will never pull another dollar out of my pocket and bet that fat fuck again. Because he's clueless. He's absolutely clueless. I mean that from the depth of everything that I am. You know, it's it, it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy that I'm actually going to say this. I actually think that they are. there's value on the Browns getting a touchdown on Sunday Good. against the Ravens. I think that that line's God. an overreaction. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> I do. I think that's God an overreaction. May I think the they force keep that of, one close. May the force of God be with you because I will never. I, I believe this. 
when you're overweight, I believe that the pressure it puts down in your stomach carrying that extra weight, I believe it blocks oxygen to the brain. And so based on you not getting the efficient oxygen that you're supposed to get, it affects your decision-making process when you're under pressure. When you're light and you're the weight you're supposed to be, your body functions, functions normal. But with the added stress of the weight, and then you're thinking, I'm hungry. Am I doing pizza or Dunkin' Donuts after the game? Maybe the Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins squished together. You get a donut ice cream. See, Freddie Kitchen's thinking about these things because he's fat. The sugar, the this, the that. Whatever. And then you factor all that with, hey, I got to make some coaching decisions. Bro, you go ahead and lose money on Freddie Kitchens. I won't pull a dot. If he was starving on the side of the road, I'd walk by him and say, this burger's good, bitch. That's how I feel about Freddie Kitchens. Now let's get to this week. All right, let's jump into the college action first. There's Brandon's rant. Uh, I'm going to start with Friday night's game, Penn State, Maryland. I'm all over Maryland here, plus the six and a half. Uh, if you can buy it up to seven, feel a little more comfortable with the touchdown, so you get the push if they lose by a touchdown. Brandon, they canceled classes at Maryland on, on Friday. They are completely prepared for this campus to be invaded the student section is going to be on fire, and this plays into my system, brother. Well, actually, no, top 10 would be my system, but home dogs on primetime nationally televised games against top 10 opponents. Penn State's number 12, so they're just outside that. I think this is an overreaction to what Maryland did against Temple, in which a game in which they struggled offensively, as opposed to the first two weeks when Mike Loxley's team put up over 60 points both games uh if you're not familiar with anthony mcfarland the running back i suggest you tune in and watch because he's one of the best backs in the country i think this is a close game i think maryland keeps it close i'm going to take the seven points here with the home dog i might be inclined to agree with you to a certain extent but for me as i look at that i say to myself this temple went over maryland the temple at home was impressive the devalue of that win is devalued with Temple going up and then losing to Buffalo the next week, which was last week. And and not only did they lose to Buffalo, they were dominated by Buffalo. So I, I, I kind of devalue the win, which in my perception or opinion devalues the Temple win over Maryland. So for me, it's a stay away from I got to see what Maryland's made of because you can't get a gauge losing to a Temple team that lost to Buffalo. So for me, the value on the Friday night card is Duke over Virginia Tech. I just think Virginia Tech's a bad football team. I really do. And David Cutcliffe, 24-12-1 as a dog since 2013. I just saw a lot of good things from Duke in the first half against Alabama. Then they got a little bit of tired against the Tide. I'm going to take Duke plus that two and a half, buy it up to three. All right. Uh, I like where your head's at there. Let's move to uh, Saturday's action. And the first thing that I guess jumps out to me when I'm looking at Saturday's card, especially early on, is uh, I, I think Wisconsin laying 24 and a half coming off that win against Michigan is it, it's a little high. I think people are thinking just how good is Wisconsin, how many points they put up on Michigan. This seems like the letdown spot after they got up for that game against Michigan. This is the letdown opportunity. We all know how good Northwestern can be 
when they're playing that underdog role. Now, last week was disappointing. I thought that they would play better. They lost by 21 to Michigan State. I think they can play this one within three touchdowns. 24 and a half is like that magical number because you can lose by 24 and you still cover, and 24 is a football number. So I actually like taking Northwestern plus the 24 and a half, Brandon. Yeah, I, I just, you know, for me, when I when I use a team as a really big play, like I did with the Hunter Dimer on Wisconsin and got my winner, I tend to uh, tend to leave them alone when I, I, I see value as well. Yes, the underdog numbers supporting Northwestern in this game are unbelievable. There's no there's no ignoring that. And, and, and like you said, that the key thing is, is it's the letdown situation because it happens. Um, Cats are 14-6-1 as a dog since 2016, and they've covered their last 10 versus the Big Ten as a road dog. So you are correct. The numbers certainly – support Northwestern plus the points. And you know me, there's a right side to, to a game and a wrong side to a game. And our job on the podcast and my job on radio is just to get people on the right side. And without question, as the numbers just shown and covered your last 10 as a Big Ten road dog, Northwestern plus the points is definitely the right side of the game. For me, I got a total for everybody out there. The total in UCF-UConn is 64. It wouldn't surprise me if UCF got that total by themselves coming off the loss to Pitt. <laughs> I think I said on the podcast last week, and if I didn't, I did on radio, that uh, UCF was in the history of their school 0-13 straight up the second game when playing a power conference back-to-back. They would played Stanford the week before, then they're playing Pitt, another team from a power conference, the very next week. And in back-to-back situations, 0-13 in the history of their school, we can now make that stat 0-14 as Pitt got the outright win, plus 11. So, for me, the value on the card is Houston, the Houston Cougars. King is out. He's done. He's going to redshirt. And for me, North Texas laying this kind of number. People tend to forget how many playmakers Houston really has. And one quarterback does not make a team. I like this kid coming in. He's a run-pass threat. He's legit. Houston plus the points over North Texas value there. And last but not least. I like the over, I like the over, in, I like the over in that game, Brandon. It's at 59. That game was being played into the 60s. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look at the total. The only total that jumped out to me was that UCF total at 64. I just think Houston's going to be in this football game the whole way. Really good football coach. Still some talent on that football team. I, I've always said this. Teams from a better conference getting more then a touchdown is always the right side of the game. So when you're facing an inferior conference and yet you're getting seven or more, it's been an 80% or more winner over the last 10 years. And obviously Houston from the power conference, a bigger conference than North Texas, uh, getting a juicy amount of points um, get on Houston. The other dog that I like um, on Saturday that kind of jumps out at me is Baylor at home. Um, Baylor at home, no one's paying attention to them. Iowa State, of course, the gut-wrenching loss, um, just the gut-wrenching loss to Iowa in a game that they probably should have won. Understand this, Baylor's 9-1 and against the spread in conference openers, including 5-0 and against the spread at home, and we'll stay in the Big 12, one last Big 12 winner for the college card on Saturday. I said a couple of weeks ago that Chris Kleeman, who replaced Bill Snyder as head coach at Kansas State, had won 23 road games in a row, and then he goes down to Mississippi State plus seven and a half and wins that game outright. We can now make that stat 24 straight road games 
and he's catching points on the road this week at Oklahoma State. Let's ride Kansas State plus the points over Oklahoma State and look for Kleeman to make it 25 straight road wins. I'll give you a little Pac-12 after dark action. Uh, Arizona minus six and a half against UCLA. Historic comeback by the Bruins last week that most people were probably asleep for. It's not going to happen this week. Uh, I'm going with Arizona, and I'm going with Arizona to beat UCLA by more than a touchdown. That was without question. Al DeMarco on my website at brandlang.com had a play in Washington State, and I saw they were up by... 32 32 and I put my phone down went to bed I'm like all right good out at least Al won I won with Wisconsin everybody looking good and I woke up the next day Sunday morning and read the recap I was like wow unbelievable how do you how do you lose a game that, like that? that's the problem that. with Mike Leach's offense is that there is no such thing as a four-minute offense so he doesn't run the ball and then run the clock out he's going to continue to throw and pass and it's exciting because you're going to continue to score but when you go three and out you're putting your defense right back on the field and you're giving UCLA more and you're giving not just UCLA, but any opponent, you're giving the opponent more opportunities to score. There's no way that your opponent should have that many possessions left in a game in which you're up by that many points. You have to run a four minute offense. You have to limit their possessions, but by Mike Leach's air raid doesn't do that. They just give the other team opportunities to come back in the game. And that's the problem with Mike Leach and his offense. You know what it takes to blow a lead like that in the second half of a college football game? That's the same thing as Baylor TC, uh, Oregon TCU, bowl game. I'm mm-hmm. up 31 nothing at the half, lane seven. Yep. You know what it takes to blow a 31 nothing game and a half of football if you do the right thing? It, it, take the play clock down, run the football, pick up first downs. It, it's it, it, it's mind-blowing to me that coaches can't adjust. And I felt great because Mike Leach, Mike Leach has cost me a lot of money. And I said this before, there are certain coaches that if I saw them on the street, I'd walk up to them, <laughs> tap them on the shoulder, and I would stick out my hand. And they'd look at me and say, excuse me? And i just stick, say, go. How much money you got in your wallet? I'm a sports <laughs> handicapper and a gambler, and you have no idea how much money you've cost me in my life. Just go in your wallet and give me every dollar you got. And trust me, that's maybe a half percent of the money you've cost me with your stupidity and your ignorance. So go. you got a black card in there? Because I can hook up the little credit card swiper on my iPhone, and I'll, I'll whack your credit card for Mac. So whatever you want to do. Mike Leach is one of those. David Shaw at Stanford is one of those. Brian Billick owes me about a million. I, 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 would, pull a Bugsy, I would pull a Bugsy Siegel with Brian Billick and just show up at his house, walk in, and say, hey, Brian, go ahead. Just, just leave. Just leave the keys and just take your car and go. I'll just take the house because, Brian, you have – just destroyed lives and very much. Let's go. Let's go to the NFL card. All right. <laughs> let's go to let's go to Sunday, Brandon. Uh, I'll start here on Sunday. Patriots minus seven seems like it's free money. Uh, I know the Bills have been good. Patriots defense is no joke. Cincinnati almost won that game against Buffalo, and if Cincinnati did win that game. This spread is probably eight or nine as opposed to seven. I'll buy a hook down to six and a half, and I'll take the Patriots every single day, twice on Sunday. Awesome. You go ahead. Because if I didn't know better, I would say that the New England Jet game was fixed. Belichick fixed it, and Kraft fixed it, and they made sure they didn't cover that number for whatever reason. Put Jared Stidham in there to throw a pass? Beyond that. 
you're the special teams coach. You're up 30 to nothing. There's eight minutes to go in the game. And you tell your punt returner, listen, don't field it. Just don't field it. It's inside the 10-yard line. Let it go. Not only did the kid try to field it, he was going to field it and run with it inside his own 10 up 30 to nothing. Fumble, recover the end zone, touchdown. Next, New England possession, 30 to 7. You're going to take Brady out with seven and a half minutes to go in the game when the week before you had him on the road throwing a touchdown pass with three and a half minutes to go of a 37 nothing game which leads me to believe there's a little bit of a rift between Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. Because if you're going to leave Brady in the game on the road at Miami, up 37-0, check that, 36 nothing with four minutes to go and you're having him throw the football, why are you going to take him out at home up 30-7 to with seven minutes to go? What's Stidman do? Throws the pick six. Now it's 30-14. Now what's Belichick do? Puts Brady back in the game. Well, why? And for, and for that matter, why are you having your backup quarterback throw the football to stop the clock when you're up 30-7? to 7? Just run the football and punt it. It starts with an F and ends with an X and has an I in the middle. Things that make you go, whom it made no sense whatsoever. With that being said, I'm going to take Buffalo plus the points. I think the Patriots are banged up. I think Edelman's banged up. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Dorsett. Um, I, I, their defense is playing great, but I don't think their offense is firing on all cylinders before we put the cart before the horse, which I did after week one, um, beat Pittsburgh at home. I get it. Miami in the road, big deal. Jets at home, big deal. Buffalo at home, that defense getting points. Last year, 12-6 game in the fourth quarter, and he had Derek Anderson off his couch signed. Bills are going in. They're at the New England 30. Anderson throws a pick six that goes 70 yards the other way. There goes your cover. Josh Allen's healthy. I like this Bills defense. I'm going to take the seven and a half. Good luck with New England. You and Bill Belichick and Trannies. Have all you can want, buddy. I'm going Buffalo. All right. How about the Falcons uh, minus four at home against the Titans? Falcons are broke. I said I said it last week when I bet on them, and they just it was awful. Um, there's something wrong with this team, but I just feel like this line should be a little higher, especially when the Titans might have a quarterback controversy on their hands. I've finally realized that good money on overrated quarterbacks doesn't mix. Matt Ryan is and always will be an overrated quarterback. Nice guy, Matty Ice, great nickname, but I won't I won't bet in games and ball in Matt Ryan. I just won't. I just and and I think their coach is it's time for him to go as well. Um bad numbers on both sides. Falcons six and thirteen against the Lions since the start of two thousand eighteen. Titans three and seven, their last ten on the Vegas board. Since 2018. Bad numbers. You might want to look to the under here. The Titans have gone under six of the last nine away from Nissan Stadium. So maybe look to the under. I'd stay away from the side. All right. Well, I think you're going to agree with me here. Colts minus six and a half over the Raiders. Oakland on the road. Terrible numbers. I'm going Jacoby Brissett and the Colts all day here. Two 13 and one. Last 16 is a road dog. You're absolutely right. And uh, this is the Colts team that just uh, just continues to get it done. Um, I will say that you look at the, the Raiders on the road, 
Uh, six of their last seven have gone under the posted total since 2018. Um, I said it before when Andrew Luck retired. I said it. I said this is a Colts win, uh, a team that will win more. Went from nine to six and a half. I said bet over six and a half because they're still a pretty good football team, and they're, 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 they look like they make me some money there. So uh, definitely Colts right side of the game. Is Giants minus three an overreaction to what Daniel Jones showed in his first start? Because no Saquon Barkley, the defense as bad as it is, the look ahead line was something like a pick em, if not Redskins plus one. I think Giants minus three might be a little bit of an overreaction here, Brandon. Jay Gruden, that's the other coach you can call 911 <laughs> who's, who's stealing money. And if his last name weren't Gruden, he'd be fired years ago. This team is garbage. This team is garbage. Case Keenum is garbage. Case Keenum needs to go back to Houston and and, uh, go to work for his father's State Farm Insurance Agency, selling insurance, playing golf on the weekends, because he's just garbage. Absolute garbage. Pick six against Chicago. Pass wasn't even close. You call yourself a quarterback. I'll bet against Washington the rest of the year, and and, uh, I'll see Jay Gruden. On the in the unemployment likes, he will be axed at the end of the year. I agree with that. All right, tell me where else you're going on Sunday. I'll say it again. I'm not a believer in Mitchell Trubisky, and the Washington Redskins made him look a lot better uh, than he was. Um, I like Minnesota and Chicago under the posted total, and I'll take Minnesota plus the points. Uh, I like their defense against Trubisky more than I like the Bears' defense against Kirk Cousins. Um, Sunday night, um, I get it. Dak Prescott, 9-1-1 one, one against the number his last 10 in the regular season. Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas, minus the points. You give me Dak Prescott versus Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to lose with Dak Prescott all day long. I know Dallas hasn't played anybody, but I'm still not a believer in the Saints. I'm going to take Dallas, minus the points. And uh, last but not least, one other game that kind of jumped off the page at me. Um, call me crazy, um, but I would never – in my in my daughter's unborn children's children children children's children children children's children's children into the year 2512 i would never trust philip rivers laying this kind of wood against anybody alabama duke coastal carolina let's go to division 2 holy cross Let's go deep in Division Three for Nazarene University. I'll take Miami Post points. Uh, can I give one more out here before we sign off? Uh, I think the Seahawks yes. are going to demolish the Cardinals. Um, yeah, pretty disappointed with with Arizona's effort last week against a backup quarterback for Carolina. I really thought Arizona was in a good spot there to get the win. This is just a bounce-back um, game. This is just a bounce-back game. Seattle got embarrassed at home last week. They're going to take out some frustrations this week. All I'll say is Pete Carroll, 4-7-1, his last uh, 12 as a road shot. So be careful there. All right, I'll be careful there. Any final words for our audience before we sign off this week? Yeah, just remember, um, Freddy Kitchen, donuts, Baskin-Robbins squished together. Um, stay away from it because it'll cloud your decision-making process. And, uh, you know, Freddie, fuck off. (laughs) We'll end on that note. For Brandon Lang, 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. Be sure to subscribe to The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit Brandon up at BrandonLang.com. Again, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. This has been The Sharp Edge. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.